0: Hey, this is Eastlake BBA, and this is our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. We hope this inspires you. We hope this builds your faith. Enjoy the message. Hi, I'm Luis, and I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Luis. And uh, I just want to thank everyone for being here tonight. Uh, I just found out I was speaking just a few minutes ago, and, uh, and pretty quickly, a topic came to me. Uh, it's... It's on the desire gap is the the way I call it, bridging the desire gap. And um, let me just share a little bit about myself. Uh, Growing up, my dad made a modest income and my mom was really good at taking that paycheck and stretching it out as far as she could so that my brother and I, our family, would have a, a, a good life. Uh, we didn't have a lot of things, but we got to a lot of adventures and make, have experiences and make memories, which I believe is what really counts. And so um, but there was two men in my life early on that I looked up to, and they were both my uncles. One uh, worked for the city of San Diego, and uh, he wrote all the checks to all the city employees, and he made a lot of money, and he had a great lifestyle. Always on vacation, and we would see him on a, in a good year three times a year, and he was always pulling out twenties out of his wallet. And then the other uncle, he uh, launched his business in the late '80s down in Tijuana, and it just boomed right out of the gate. I mean. Uh, uh, I'm not going to get into the details, but let's just say there was a lot of growth fueled by a lot of cash businesses in Tijuana that, and he was at the center of providing uh, legal services, windows, to all these houses that were being built. And so uh, he too had a lot of money. So my desire, my burning desire growing up was to have my own business. Uh, I wanted to have nice things. and. Um, My family and education was important. Uh, My dad had studied at San Diego State and he dropped out at some point and my uncle would go on and finish and then have this great career. I mean, when this man passed away, the city, all the city officials were there and it was a huge parade and the mayor and everybody was there and it was was eye-opening. But um, for me, When I get into high school, my first year, I didn't do so well. I got D's and F's. My second year, uh, I got into a group that was university-bound, and I wanted to be part of that group. And so I worked my butt off, and I, too, was on track to go straight to San Diego State. But my senior year, I started drinking, and it quickly tanked that ride. I would get back to San Diego State two years later, but... uh, my senior year, uh, I would start drinking on campus and that pretty much tanked my, uh, my studies. Um, but it didn't, I would go on to start my own businesses. I mean, I started my first business when I was like 20 years old. Uh, that was only lasted for a summer. And so, uh, you know, we hear in the rooms a burning desire, a burning desire, and I shared not too long ago that I recently started reading certain books that I had read long ago, way before I, I came into these rooms. And my, and one of my early Bibles to say, was this book called Think and Grow Rich. And uh, I recently picked it up again, because uh, I saw that it was on someone's, that someone that I look up to, it's on his list, and I was like, I should probably check it out again, it's been a while. Uh, my goodness, how much, of our big book. This, book, this book was published in 1937. The big book wasn't published till 1939. How much of our big book of these ideas and these quotes are right in there, including A Burning Desire? And so uh, they, had thir- they have 13 steps. We have 12, all right? Uh, they have a doctor's opinion in there. They have uh, all these things that, and so when I was reading that, it reminded me that at some point I had a desire to drink. I mean, I, I, uh, I had a great lifestyle all revolving around drinking and partying and nightlife. And, um, but then consequences came to me early. I mean, when I graduated high school, I had uh, gotten myself into a huge fight and I got the scars on my right hand to show it. And, and then I would, drive my first car into a ditch six months later. And so like Bill says, these ominous warnings are, were there early for me. Um, and I was reading, I was looking up in the book, you know, how many times this word desire comes, comes in and uh, the, in the doctor's opinion it talks about, uh, on the other hand, and strange as this may seem to those who may not understand, once a psychic change has occurred, the very same person who seemed doomed, who had so many problems, had despaired of ever solving them, suddenly finds himself easily able to control his desire for alcohol. The only effort necessary being that required to follow a few simple rules. And uh, I know that I had lost my power of choice. And. Uh, to me, it's not even an issue of controlling anymore. Like, I'm under... I did, I gave God... You know, I turned my life and my will over to His care. And I'm under His defense. So I no longer think about controlling. And you know, I just live. Right? And over time, I've... You know, I remember I, the first time I said to share this, but when I got here, I was just trying to survive. And now it's like... Surviving is not enough, it's about thriving. Like if the promises of this book are real, then I believe that my life has to look better today than it did right in that moment before I got here, when I was desperate as a drowning man, right? And I had this desire to stop drinking, but I had no access to power, right? And so um, on page seven, it says, uh, my incredible behavior in the face of a desperate desire to stop was explained, right? So there's this desperate desire. That's how I got here with the desperate desire because um, I had hit bottom. I knew that alcohol had kicked my butt and I knew that, that I, you know, I had been out there for 20 years trying to control it. And and I can go back to, like, the first time that I really wanted to control it was um, I told my girlfriend after I got myself into a lot of trouble. This is a 98 down in Tijuana. And I literally just told her, I need a break. And she looked at me and she said, man up. Because we're not going to stop. Because we had, like, we had a, a reserve table at every you know, like uh, club and bar, like we had, we were just plugged into that whole lifestyle down there. And she didn't want the party to stop and I didn't want to lose her. <laughs> and six months later, I would smash another car, you know? And I would just quickly replace it with another one to be able to just move forward, you know? Let go of that car and move on with a brand new one. and um, And I would, I would try to control it for the next, what was that, 98, so I'm going to take the math, but maybe 12 years later, for the next 12 years before I got here. Um, but then, in the book, I was, if we go to page 70, because one thing that I can share with you was once I got here and once I started this workshop, um, there was a shift And I know that shift happened, the first shift happened in December 2014, within 30 days, and I've shared that story. When I heard uh, this one man take a token for 27 years, and then he said, I just realized that my dad died with 27 years of sobriety. In that moment, I wanted that. I wanted to die sober. And I also knew that I didn't have the power to get there on my own, but I desired that. And so uh, that fueled me into the workshop to throw myself into the homeworks, right? To just keep going. And it was the same desire plus faith, right? I remember when I dropped out of San Diego State, and I had that conversation with my parents, and I said, look, I want to build websites. This is back in 1998. Yahoo had just launched, and uh, they had launched their stores, e-stores, or I forgot what, it was, Yahoo stores. And I knew that that's what I wanted, that that's where I was going to make my riches. And I told my mom, and I had this whole com- like, plan, and she listened for the first time. And she said, what if you're not able to do it on your own? And I said, because my plan was I'm going to buy every book on web design and I'm going to teach myself. All these years that I've gone to school, I've learned to learn, I've been learning to learn on my own. And now I know what I want and I'm, I've got a burning desire, I've got all this passion and I'm going to throw it at it and I'm going to give myself one year. That was my plan. And uh, within six months, we we're building websites and I had sold my first, website to a jeweler for $7,000 and I invited my brother to help me with that project. Um, And so, back to when I was in that workshop, I tapped that desire again, I tapped that faith, I came to believe, and I wanted that. I mean, like I wanted it more than anything now, which was to basically recover. To, to stay sober. Uh, I wanted the promises of this book. More happiness. Followed by more freedom. Because I thought I was free, and I'd come to discover that I was in bondage to alcoholism, to my resentments, to my anger. Right? And so on page 70, it is which is it's talking about the sex ideal, but if we Expand on this little uh, idea. It says. uh, Look it says. Suppose we fall short of this chosen ideal. And I stumble. Does this mean we're going to get drunk? Some people tell us so. But this is only a half truth. It depends on us. And our motives. For what we have done. And have have the honest. Desire. To let God take us. To better things. And that's what it means. God promises to take us to better things, to build a new future for us. And we have to let go of our old life. And we have to believe and have faith and we have to have a burning desire for it. Right? And to bridge that gap from my old life where I'm powerless and and I'm off filled up with self-will and my, my little plans, and with faith by keep coming back and sitting in those chairs, helping set up chairs, helping break chairs down, helping make coffee, right? When Jose, when we launched this meeting, his topic was something of, to the effect of the little things. It's the little things that matter, right? It's not me sitting up here sharing, Talking, But it's like, it was the little things. When I first showed up to Old Town for that first BBA meeting, I got there early, I helped set up. I heard something that I had, you know, in that room. I felt something. And then I just kept coming back every Wednesday for a whole year, helping break down chairs. And so, uh, you, we basically have to want it. And I know that it shows up. When we finally have that burning desire for god's will for our lives for we believe his plans are good for us and he it shows up when evie uh comes to his door which of course i just lost one second when evie shows up to bill's door here it is he says Come, what's this all about, I queried. Look, he looked straight at me simply, but seemingly, he said, I've got religion, right? And what we, what we're, the invitation here is to be in a relationship with God. I was, man, I can't, I scratched it out. (laughs) I was shocked, I think he says. So this is what it was, it, last summer, an alcoholic crackpot. And now I suspected a little cracked about religion. He had a eyed look. Yes, the old boy was on fire. All right. It's being on fire for God's will for your life. And it takes time. But believe me not, if you keep coming back and doing the little things, doing your homework, calling your sponsor, right? Coming even when you don't want to. Coming even when you're tired, right? And just... Focus on those promises, and believe, right? That God can do more than you could ever imagine in your life, in your wildest dreams. That desire, plus faith, plus persistence, one day at a time, right? In in that book that I mentioned, they reference it as one mile at a time, right? If If you're a runner, And You're getting tired. You know that all you got to do is look down down that line and just focus on the next marker And if you get to that next marker Then you get to then you focus on the next marker that you find on the path and then you go to the next marker And it's the same thing with our steps just one homework at a time and with that enough faith Right With enough willingness Goes back to page 70 which 71 is uh, which I lost it again, sorry, but honest desire to let God take us to better things. And so, uh, people will, you'll know it because people will tell you that you're on fire. And I hope that all of us tonight will burn for God's will
1: for your lives. Thank you. All right. Octavio, alcoholic. Octavio. Yeah, that desire, right? Um, yeah, Sunday, as comfortable we are, we have, you know, my niece over, and we had some plans with the family. You know, I decided to tell my wife how important it is to go to church, you know? So we showed up Sunday at 11, and same thing today. Got home, showered. I almost took a nap right now. <laughs> we are hanging out after dinner, and and I turned around, and I said, even if it's late, I gotta go you know, that desire, man, I've got to keep it alive. You know how they say when we're drinking, at least for me, go to any length, you know, no matter what time it is, I'll figure out how to get some more alcohol. So I got to keep it like that, you know, cause I know at my worst, I was really selfish. You know, I'll I screw up a lot of stuff. And I know that the fact that I don't drink and the fact that I have the fellowship, you know, it keeps me going, you know, it keeps me motivated. It keeps me being a good example of, Uh, What's been stressing me out a lot is my my sister Dora, you know, she's still out there drinking. She's going through her separation, which divorce came fine already, but she's going to court in July for the house and she's been talking a lot about suicide and Always seems to be drunk when she opens up, you know, so Not sure what's the right thing to do, you know, but I've been listening to her more and I just been praying for her as she speaks and she's letting a lot of stuff out and And I don't know how healthy it is for her or if it's even healing, right? But I know that I I could listen now where I couldn't before. That's my whole point with that. And I'm going to keep praying for her. And hopefully she wants to come back to this group, you know. I know that she got some struggles that I don't understand, you know. She got a, a son that is in prison, got a lot of years, you know. She lost her partner that got hurt, you know, got killed, in other words. It's just on and on, like, these things that happened to her. And and I was talking to my wife the other day, and I got really sad. I was like, man, it sucks. Like, I had some empathy for her. I put myself in her shoes, you know, and and I was just almost to the point where, like, fuck, man, how lucky I am, you know. I am very lucky. And um, so it, it puts me in perspective of how good I have it, you know, with my wife, my family, and my awesome daughter, you know, my son, I, I'm blessed, you know, we have two little grandchildren. So for me, I got to keep that desire alive by seeing the greatness that God has done for us and how i got to stay connected, you know, because if not, I know where drinking will take me, you know, so I know I shared last time the struggle with the project, you know, but I trust in God with that. And, and the only thing I could tell my sister at the end of those long conversations, like at two in the morning, you have to trust God. He has a plan for you. And I, I got to keep telling that to myself if ever feeling like a victim, right? Like, if I got the victim mentality, I got to look at my positive. So that's worked for me all my life, you know? So I'm going to continue doing that, being grateful. And as uh, messed up I was before, I know I was <coughs> loved God, you know? I'm going to put it that way. So thank you. Thank you.
2: Thanks, Louise. Uh, That was great. Uh, I had no idea you were going to go there with that. um, uh, You know, my when you were first uh, talking, my my uh, my parents were kind of the same. You know, my my dad um, just middle middle class. You know, nothing really. You know, my parents didn't have nice things, but they made sure that we got uh, we lived in a a decent neighborhood and went to good schools and we were all expected to go to college, you know, which I uh, (laughs) like you, you know, I got kicked out of high school because of my um, drugs and alcohol and, uh, you know, my my older brother, my sister, they they did well, you know, me no (laughs) i did not um i had i had desire uh in fact i was talking with a friend earlier today about that you know what what was it that god was trying to tell me when i was younger you know that made me so discontent you know and just said i just said fuck it you know i just wanted to to run away from my family who tried to love me the best they could, but I was like, fuck that, fuck them. You know, um, you know, I believe there was something that I, that God was trying to lead me to, but I couldn't see it. You know, I just blotted it out with drugs and alcohol. And, uh, you know, cause I was discontent. I, you know, I thought my family, um, was not, you know, nothing was ever good enough. And it's true. You know, I, I talked to a priest, uh, Father Mike, you know, about, you know, not being good enough. And he says, well, you're not, you're not good enough. Definitely- <laughs> it's true, you're not. Without God, you know, without God, I'm not good enough. Um, where was I going with that? you know, aligning my will with God's will. You know, you, you shared about that part and on page 70, having the honest desire to let God take us to better things. And honestly, I think that's, that sums up step six in a nutshell. The 12 and 12 says step six is the step that separates the men from the boys. You know, do I have the desire? Sure, I have the desire for better things. I want nice things. But do I have the desire to let God bring me to better things, you know? That's a big, there's a big difference. Yeah, I want all the nice stuff. I, for years, I thought money was my problem or lack of money. I thought money would solve my problems, but even when I had money, it just brought more problems, <laughs> more stuff that I couldn't manage, more things were brought into my life that uh, I wasn't able to manage. So I couldn't manage my life even with a little. So how can I manage it with a lot, right? Um, so that's, that's a really good topic. And of course, with, when it comes to step one, we assume, of course, the reader desires to stop. It says more about alcoholism. And, uh, if you don't have that, the program isn't going to work for you. You know, for years I came into these rooms, but I never wanted to stop. I never thought that alcohol was my problem. I had a lot of problems. I didn't think alcohol was one of them. I thought I was managing my alcohol and drugs bless you the best i could and i thought that was what everybody else was doing unless you were weird like my brothers and sister and <laughs> who didn't party you know i thought that was that there what's wrong with you guys what you don't like to party this is everybody parties right uh but there's a difference between partying and what i was doing yeah <laughs> um so that, there's a lot to, uh, to think about there. I, I really believe that God, um, when he puts some kind of desire on my heart, there's something that I'm supposed to do with that. And it's, I'm not just supposed to give up all my desire. I'm supposed to align my will with God's will. I'm supposed to let God take me to better things. I don't just surrender my will and not have any desire. You know i'm supposed to align that with what where what god would have me be and i I wish i had a better example of being uh of having some success there i mean i do have success in my life as far as um you know i'm a i'm a good father i'm today i'm a good son i'm uh financially um independent you know self-supporting and i pay my bills and i'm you know um You know before it it was a mess you know I uh, I had to rely on um, borrowing money from my parents and never paying it back you know Um, and uh, you know just living desperately paycheck to paycheck trying to you know it was even early in my sobriety it wasn't good sobriety uh, alone is not enough right Um, I I have to be uh, you know, I have to practice these principles I, yeah, and, and I have to be willing to let God take me to better things. However, you know, the promises, um, a lot of them have come true for me, but there's a, there's a lot of things that I wish were, were different. You know? And uh, it's probably not God's fault. It's probably me. <laughs> uh, wherever those areas that I'm blocked in, whatever they are. So, um, but it's like you said, we keep coming back. We keep doing the work. And, and and I believe God will uh, continue to take me to better things. So thanks.
3: Good evening. Um, my name is Angie and I'm a member of Al-Anon. Um, I struggle hi, with. Angie. Hi. I struggle with sharing, um, but uh, I'm going to I'm just going to do my best. Anyway, um, when you speak about desire and being driven, I remember Coming from, you know, a, a household of not having much. And I was fueled with a desire to have more, but with the wrong. I was fueled with, now I see it's all wrong reasons with hate, with um, materialism. Like the all the fuel I had to be greater and better and not be like my family that were alcoholics. Uh, abused drugs and so forth and had a lot of mental health issues. I didn't want to be like any of them. I wanted to separate myself from that and be different. And so a lot of my anger fueled me to be a in my at that time I thought I I was being better cuz I didn't want to end up like them. So I went to college, I had a good job. I married my husband. Later within years after, you know, marrying him and living with him, I found out that he was an alcoholic. So of course, I'm pissed because in my eyes, and I wanted to be the one that had like this perfect life, and um, there's no perfection now. I know, but at the time, I wanted everyone to see like I got it together, this perfection of some um, hiding, trying to hide that my husband was an alcoholic, but yet it still spilled over, and my sisters and my parents found out. I was ashamed, I was embarrassed, even though they were alcoholics themselves. Um, I just trying to portray this perfect life, getting into financial issues because I couldn't stop using my credit card, trying to buy and make our our house look like a house that I never had and I wanted. Um, just doing a lot of things and I giving myself credit for the work that I, I did. I had a really good job, but I didn't give myself good credit credit for it. I thought. I should do more. I need to be more. I need to keep promoting. I need to do, just, it it was never enough. And um, it's hard for me to share because I get emotional and I don't like to show it. (laughs) But, um, because I remember how I felt. It just feels so fresh. And um, it helped that. um, I just wanted this perfect life. I didn't want all that. All the stuff I used to see growing up. So those were my desires, but they were fueled with the wrong reasons, with anger. And so when I didn't get my way and I couldn't control my husband, I was pissed. And I hated him for a long time. Luckily, um, he was able to get himself into sobriety. I went to Al-Anon. I didn't like it at first. And I struggled with it because I was like, why the hell do I got to do this? You're the one with the damn problem, not me. (laughs) And I say it when I share, like, why do I have to attend these meetings? I'm not the fucking drunk one. Oh, excuse my language, sorry. And it's like, I came to learn later why. And after um, having different friendships in Al-Anon or even making friendships with the women or the wives of, the, peop- the men that are in um, AA, I got to learn more. I got, was able to establish a community that I could you know be able to talk to, learn more, share my experiences. Um, that whole thing of controlling, I started to re- let it go baby steps at a time. And it's just, I feel free. Like I don't have to worry about him. If he's gone all day, he's gone all day. Before I used to call him, I don't know how many times, and be like, why are you in the bathroom? I can hear you're in the bathroom. Why do you have to talk to me while you're in the bathroom? I can hear an echo. Who are you with? What are you doing? Are you drinking? How much are you drinking? When are you coming home? And I'm like, oh my God. I can see why he didn't want to talk to me or answer the phone, but at the same time, what am I doing? I'm going crazy. Now I just feel free. I feel happy. I found joy. Um, I'm just working on myself. I'm reading a lot, learning about just my ancestry, about ways for spiritual healing. I have a community of other women too that are into spiritual healing as well, meditation, all these different tools to just help me be a better person. And and I learned to love myself. That was the biggest thing. So my desire now is fueled with a different type of, it's not fueled by anger anymore. It's not fueled by Controlling, wanting to control everything around me. It's not fueled by my past. Um, it's just a new me. I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. And I catch myself too, like sometimes, you know, messing up. But then I tell myself, no, 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 I, I need to stop. But I feel like our relationship is so much better. I found like a new best friend in my husband. And I love him so much. And I'm so proud of him. Like... Words don't describe how proud I am of him. And if that means our day or our date night is by coming to a meeting, uh, we're coming to a meeting because that's what's going to help him keep him sober and myself on track, too, because this helps me, too. We're coming. And at first I was like, God, I'm comfortable. I don't want to leave. But it's like, no, let's go. But um, all I can say, that's my desire, what's fueled me to be better, And to find joy and happiness in my life, Um, I may not make all the money I used to make before, but honestly, I don't even care. I was just spending it on stupid stuff anyway. I think I have more money now than I did before because I'm. It's not even money. It's just I'm happy. I'm very happy in my life now, and um, that's about it. Thank you.
4: All right.
5: I'll get it. Okay. Thank you. Hi everybody, my name is David, and I am an alcoholic.
4: Hola, chebecito.
5: And thank you, Luis, for a wonderful open eye, for a wonderful topic. Man, um, I go, you know, how my life used to be. You know, you remind me when I was a little kid. uh, You were sharing about your mother and your father, how, you know, they brought you up, you know the best they they could. And uh, for me, I always complain how I was brought up. I always complain that I don't have, that I didn't have anything, that I didn't have enough. You know, Uh, I always criticized my father, especially not my mother, always my father. It was almost always my my father's fault because my father was you know, you know, because I've been sharing it all the time, he was, you know, the macho, 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 macho man. You know, that guy, my goodness, he was, uh, oof, he was terrorized people. He terrorized me. He terrorized women. He terrorized horses. He terrorized his employees. I, I, I mean it. I mean it. Because they, they were afraid of him because he know how to, you know, he used to carry guns like somebody that I know. But he was so, so good that uh, at, uh, he didn't miss. I mean, really, uh, he meant it, he meant business, you know. So I always complain, you know, how bad I had it. You know, until I come here, until I come here this time around, I realize that uh, whatever I have, I have more than anybody else around me. I'm sure about that because uh, also my father had a lot of money. Uh, although in that time, you know, I, I didn't know I had issues, I have problems, you know. I see things different, you know. And uh, so now I thank God every, every, every time uh, for what I have and for what I had at that time, you know. And you were talking about having the desire, you know. And I was thinking the desires that I had when, I, when alcohol took over me. You know, not before. You know, when alcohol took over me, you know, I had problems, big issues socializing. I had to be, you know, from the beginning, you're talking about many, many years, ago, so in the early 80s, you know, I could not socialize with anybody because my, I, I was afraid that something was gonna happen to me. I was afraid that I was gonna faint because I'd never have any energy you know, why? Because I never eat. When alcohol, when I when I'm, have so much alcohol in, in my system, I don't eat. How I survived so many years without barely eating, you know, I don't know. I remember my desires, you know, before, when I was, uh, you know, intoxicated. I, I remember clearly seeing people eating an apple, and how they crunch the apple, and how the juices come out and i want that i want to be able to eat that you know because in that time i can eat anything that that doesn't have alcohol in it you know that i even put in the marujans in the in the roman soups i i I put alcohol i put alcohol in everything so but by every time they invite me out you know my you know uh, i i i I don't want to go because i could not hold any food you know everybody was eating so 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 comfortably you know so enjoying food and i i pretend that i was enjoying food but i used to go to the bathroom and puke all the time because nothing stayed in my system you know so so some of my desires was i god please i want to be able to eat you know and uh, now i love apples man i I love food but apples because i remember those days and i crazy fucking apples, and I can eat apples all day long, you know. And now I enjoy food, you know. When I go to this guy's house, I just enjoy everything. I mean, it's a pleasure for me to eat. My God, and I thank God, honestly. Thank God. Thank you, God. Thank you for meeting my desires. This is what I needed before, you know, I didn't, you know, now I know that I I wasn't asking for much, but for me it was a huge thing, you know. You're talking about, you know, your desires now in the program, you know. My, my, I, I, I put uh, uh, first thing every day, I put the program before anything else, before anything else, every single day. I get my books ready for, you know, for my 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 guys tomorrow, you know, I wanna see my guys, uh, you know, that are doing the workshop with me, and that's also all I have in mind. And I laugh, because I enjoy it, you know? I mean, you're talking about this is service, you know? You know, you be helpful, you know, I feel like I can help somebody, you know? But the best thing of everything about this is, how happy you get when you get this, this uh, service, you know. And uh, I'm looking forward to these meetings. And before, I could not wait that the gotten meetings get done, get over, that I can get the hell out of the meetings. You know, I didn't enjoy meetings once or ever. I just pretended. Time after time, you were saying it. You know, when you went to Alanon, you know. But, by the way, wonder it was. I, I, I got a lot of food, everybody. You know, what you shared was fantastic. You know, so this is what I get here: happiness. You know that I can go out of here now. You know, and I know I will be able to help somebody, somebody else. You know, so I'm futureing myself for tomorrow morning already. You know, I know. You know, all I have is today. But I have a little bit of tomorrow morning in my mind, you know. And I know, you know, that I go and enjoy my daughter. You know, I go to her room, you know, and just give her a kiss and just look at her. My, my goodness, thank you, God, because I'm sober. Thank you, God, because I don't have the desire to go and drink and get merciful and get unhappy, you know, and getting no... Where, by my, by, by in my sorrow, in my sadness, all the time, all the time, because that's what alcohol that did to me, depressed all the time, all the kind of time going like a little, you know, uh, puppy going back and back to to to, to work and you know, he's getting you know, waiting for like you know the desire of of, of uh, I want no. Uh, I wanted to be alone in my house. When I get home, I don't want nobody home. I want the house empty just for me that I can just get my bottle and just, uh, I know the time is over, so that's why I get confused. And, and, and now it's the, it's the opposite, you know. Now I'm not alone. I have a lot of real friends, real friends. I mean, I can say I love you guys time at a time at a time. And this word, this, this word just doesn't not did come to me. Once or ever before, I I I have problems still, you know, telling people that I love them, you know, and I do, you know, and uh, I I I I just enjoyed, say, you know, life. I enjoy going to work, and I enjoy coming over here, and I enjoy coming to my house because I'm not this merciful a uh, 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 guy anymore. And I thank God, time after time, day after day, and I blast that I had this program with me thank you guys
6: hi Arlene alcoholic I uh, just a tad bit of psycho but um, I didn't really know what to talk about today but um, a desire to to be here is that's like the, the main thing. I'm glad there's another woman here that gets emotional too. <laughs> I would've been crying in front of all these men. Um, <clears throat> to this weekend, um, somebody from my past contacted me uh, and, and we spoke and it was kind of like a turbulent thing but, um you know thank God I've been coming thank God I I, I chose to to come because the tools in our that I always say that the tools that I'm, I'm I'm getting from here um has made a huge difference um I I was able to like pray about it because the, the moment I um you know, received a message that the person wanted to talk to me, I, um, I just started shaking. I had all this anxiety. I felt like my heart was going to come out of my chest and, you know, I didn't know (laughs) this person still want to talk more shit or I didn't know exactly what was going on. Um, so I, and then I remembered, I'm like, you know, your book, Arlene, go back to your book. Go, go back to what your, your good friends that love you tell you, you know. Um, and right away, um, you know, ask God to direct your thinking. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the, the, there's a part that says about the things that, that, you know, would cause all this excitement and fear. And so I was like going through all of that wrapped up in one. And I was like, I just got to give it to God. I just got to give it to God. Um, I have no idea what the person wants to tell me, um, but I know I can't go there alone. So it, 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 took, it took probably a good, it took a really long meditation and prayer. And then it was it's so weird because like I did this behind my children's back. <laughs> like if they were my parents, I, I never cared what my parents told me. I was so rebellious. Um, but I was like, this feels so weird, <laughs> I gotta hide from my kids because they're gonna be so mad and, and whatnot. But I, I sat down, I had to find a place to like sit, really pray, and <clears throat> ask God to, to go with me, to, to be there with me. And then I remembered, uh, um, you know, certain things that I've, I've been learning in church and stuff. And um, man, yesterday hit the spot at church about not having fear. Actually, being so frightening that the demons are scared of you, <laughs> um, that that really helped like reinforce a lot of things. So you know during the weekend, but um, yeah, I, I had to do a really a really deep prayer and really talk to God and make sure that um, that His Holy Spirit was there and listen. Um, and if I was able to say something, say something. If not, you know, just. I guess, you know, just listen. Um, so I did and, and yeah, we were able to, you know, talk about obviously a lot of things that, you know, we were just left bottled with or whatever. So that was good and it was comforting and it like, you know, you get stuff off your chest or whatever, and there was no screaming back and forth. I think had I not been here there would have been a lot of resentment, the anger, the, you know, you said this, you did that. Um, and so it didn't go that way. So that was, you know, a good thing. And, and I shared, like, you know, when I was asked, you know, so what have you been up to? Ah, BBA. <laughs> and I'm doing the, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous workshop. And, and you know, um, so I shared and he actually had me um, read pages 84 through 88 um and i like reading from 83 because i i like what that first paragraph says especially that last sentence where it says um you know to to ask god to guide your day with patience love and tolerance because you know i can be a short fuse sometimes so um i really like reading that especially first thing in the morning so so i read all of that um and so it was a totally different experience from, you know, a fortunate, <laughs> some people just have one addict in, in, in the relationship or whatever. I'm an alcoholic and do drugs sometimes and, and he's a drug addict, so <laughs> that's like a big tornado. But um, it was a really, like, just good conversation and, and it, I felt that it was because God was there, you know, and we were able to, to talk and kind of let bygones be bygones about certain things and you know share this and hopefully planted a seed that's all I could do his mom had already been reaching out to me um you know to like find out about it to share with him so um today my kids were they they finally um realized that he was contacting me because my son was playing video games on my phone and he sent me a text so (laughs) um my daughter kind of you know she's like why why is he contacting she was really mad she's like what are you even going to go to the meetings for then and ah and she just kind of went on and on and i said well this is when i most need to go to the meeting because it's it's a very like i guess thin line um you know dealing with that person and and that whole situation especially since there was violence involved um so I'm like, this is where I really, really need to, to go to my meetings. This is where I really, really need to, like, not just hold God's hand, but, like, cling on to his, his arm, his leg, and and not let go. Like, and that's why I'm going to my meeting. And that's, like, my desire right now is just to keep coming here and and keep getting fueled and keep having that Holy Spirit walk with me through all those situations that... Like the book says, what once baffle us, we can, you know, like now, get through them without, you know, falling apart. And that's because we're holding on to God, and God is holding on to us. That's all I want.
7: Rick, alcoholic. Rick. Glad to be here tonight. Great share. Last second. That's fantastic. Um. You know growing up i'll go back to i'm one of those middle class a little above middle class didn't add pretty much <clears throat> everything that i needed probably more than what my parents could afford you know they wanted everything just right um they worked very very hard this was their second set of kids so they both had remarried and started over again and they probably had a little wilder time when they were younger so they were older most of their friends were older the kids were all cousins were older um but I, <clears throat> my father was starting a business and working very hard. They helped to create a church. So they were very involved to where you're know, you, you you're in all the committees. And so they were going every night and either with us or with them or work and then working six and seven days a week. And I idolized them. I mean, I idolized my father. That was nothing more than I wanted to do is go through the way he did it. Start at the bottom. You know, I didn't, I had the opportunity to go to college, but I wanted to just scrub floors and clean toilets to start, you know, I did it all. But, um, you know, I did idolize him, but also when they had a lot of entertaining, I'd have uncles, cousins, and they were all smoking cigarettes and drinking and hungover and throwing up in the bushes and trying to be so funny. And I thought that was pretty damn wonderful. Even at that young age, I can remember looking at them, idolizing and thinking, you know, how great that was you know that that's wonderful i don't get that with my dad you know but uh um, there were so many more things that you look at it now that you 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 had the opportunity of um but you know from a young age i was i didn't go right after it and was a fall down drunk at the beginning but uh you know you started at 12 13 years old stealing cigarettes stealing a little beer here and a little beer there you know there was always alcohol in the house it wasn't like they were teetotallers but, um, you know, they would, they would throw the parties and have a couple and still clean up after they, everybody left late at night before they go to bed. And as, uh, as I got older, I went into the family business, and I did run that, and I was always the one. My brother was the one that went overboard. He was the one when he was younger that was with the real wild crowd, and he used to get so pissed because it always looked like I was the one I did everything he did but i didn't get caught well i didn't go overboard but i was always drinking i was doing all those things uh, maybe not to the extent but eventually that happens and i look back and i used to well there wasn't anything that i really destroyed but as for the last 10 years of running that business you know, there was probably numerous decisions as my drinking was just spiraling out of control. Luckily, I sold the business before I really got to that stage. So I didn't have a chance to really where I couldn't go to work and do all the fall down, you know, in front of people. But um, uh, it still got there one way or the other. I got there and um, I um, I needed to turn myself over to this program, so these programs here in these meetings and uh, I was tired tonight, and I really didn't, wasn't motivated to come. So part of that desire came all the way around, you know. And I knew I, I, I enjoy listening to you all. I don't really enjoy doing my talking up here, but I know it's good for me. So I try to push myself more. So I'm just glad to be here tonight. Thank you. Thank you. I, I <laughs> rambled on enough. <and>
4: <laughs> <laughs> my name is Oliver and I'm an alcoholic, and uh, and I always share, man. I love to share, but tonight I'm so tired, man. You know, this is a topic where I get really confused, and really confused because in reality, all my desires had brought me to my knees, to commit suicide. I tried to commit suicide a couple of times to make a lot of money and to lose it all, to destroy relationships. That's what I know how to do, you know. So I read, I read that book. The problem is that I cannot apply that book to my life, and I can't apply it because I, I learned through a lot of pain a lot of suffering, a lot of trials, that I can't do my life without God. The inspiration and the desire has to come from God. That's what I want to believe today. And maybe I will stay stuck here and and my decisions are not gonna amount to much, because I know that if you want to achieve in life, you have to work really hard, right? And you have to have a clear path and you have to, you know, you have to work at it every day and you have to work at it really hard, right? When I made a lot of money, man, that's all I wanted to do. I mean, There was nothing else. Lots of sacrifice. Lots of sacrifice, man. Lots of drugs. And I made a lot of money. But that's all I did, you know, sacrifice. My family sacrificed my everything. And my sobriety. So, you know, when it comes to desire, man, I have to be very careful. Because the desire that I have to, you know, my sponsor, <laughs> just like, like Manny, but like Luis was saying. is Jose and, and, and Luis. And... And he used to tell me one thing, are you sure you want to give your life to God? Are you really sure? Because it ain't what you think about him. It is. I mean, it's tough. When you give your life away, man, then the next step is to be obedient. And what does that mean? And for me today is that, you know, God has given me a different heart, a different mind, a different desire. You know, today I spend time with, with people that are, Suffering and for some reason and I don't know if it's my codependency or it's the desire that God has given me I feel so much compassion for these people man And I listen to them and I try to help them and then there's some inspiration inside of my heart that comes I don't know from where So today I have chosen to believe that that's the desire that I have in my heart today, you know, I I, I, I decided to believe in a magical God And by that I mean in a God that manifests His will regardless of what I think. It's right or wrong. Uh, I don't think I have the power or... I thought I did, of controlling God or play God. So today with me, that's a topic that I get really confused, man, because I understand that in order for me to achieve and what people taught me was success, you need a lot of drive, you need a lot of desire, you need a lot of focus. You know, but that's not in my heart anymore and I don't have to explain it. For me, money was the most important thing in the world. I mean, that's how I measure success, period. That's it. You don't have it, you're a loser, period. I don't care how spiritual you are, man. You just, I'd rather be spiritual in Maui than spiritual in a fucking shack. That's how I used to To think, you know. Money's not everything, but it helps. <laughs> it helps a lot, but that was, that was everything I, I thought about. And today, It's not there anymore, and and I miss it. To be honest with you, I miss it, because I miss that drive. I miss nice things. But I don't get any self-esteem or self-worth out of it anymore, and that desire wasn't, I didn't create that, that was given to me. And that's how I choose to live today. You know, I, I suffer from the Big Shot syndrome, right? And by that I mean that once I get a little bit of blood and things start coming out of my way, I forget about all of you. I forget about God, I forget about all of you. And, and all of a sudden I start thinking that I'm that creative, that intelligent, that driven. So I have to be very careful, man, because that's how I destroyed my life. Not once, but twice. You know, I always say that I've been lucky enough to live many lives in one and a half. And, uh and everything, every time the ego, man, was what destroyed me. So, today my life is it's very different than what it was. Uh, the desire that I have in my heart today is very different than what it was before. And I don't know how to explain that. That's why I have chosen to believe that God is magical. He does manifest Himself through my heart, my perception, my thoughts. Because if it's not like that, then God is very little, you see? If I only need God when I'm feeling like shit, then God is, God is nothing, right? But if He's everything like I have believed Him to be, then that's a source of power, that's a source of wealth, that's a source of inspiration, that's a source of desire. So, you know, that's, that's a topic that, I mean, even though I can very eloquently explain, some days I go, oh, shit, man, is this God? I'm just, you know, going crazy. Should I get back to the chasing my tail and making a lot of money and going back to the material world, or just stay with my workshops and my spouses? And I mean, who, where is it? And so far, it's this is the the path that I have that I've chosen. And with this, I will close. Yesterday was Father's Day. I didn't spend it with either of my kids. But the amount of congratulations that I got from people that love me, man. I was, my mind was, I mean, shit. And people that I have worked with, uh, that have gone through the saps with, I mean, the gratitude, the love, the appreciation of, yes, there was. Amazing, and then Jose, which I love, him, he called me and says, Happy Father's Day, and he says, remember that you're a spiritual father to many, and you do it very well. so. That's not me, man. That's not me, that's, that's, that's the power of God, man. So that's where desire is for me, man. You know, I, I have that book I, I decided to throw away, man, Because it confused the hell out of me, man. Another one is how to influence friends, how, how to influence people, and how to make friends and influence people. There's somebody rich dad and poor dad, and all these big shots, man, that they play God. And I mean, it, it works for them, but for me, I have to be very careful. Thank you.
5: Thank you, Oliver.
0: If you enjoyed today's podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe at eastlakebba.com. You can also help us reach others by spreading the word about our podcast. Thank you for joining us today on the Eastlake Big Book Awakening Podcast.